Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm thrilled to have you here as usual. Thank you so much for listening and just loving all the guests that we've had on Coach's Corner lately. Have another amazing person, someone that's been in my life for a long time, someone that I've learned a lot from, who's very powerful. And I always like to expose you to people that you may not have heard of and get you into their world and their work. And, you know, really the purpose of this show is just to support you in your own growth and healing and transformation and shifts. And I think you're really going to enjoy my conversation with Brandy Gilmore, who is a PhD in natural medicine and a world-renowned mind-body energy expert who is known for her discoveries in self-healing and working with the power of the mind to get tangible results. Her breakthrough work has been featured in award-winning documentaries and various docu-series. She speaks on stages around the world and has also given a mind-expanding TED Talk. Brandy's expertise in self-healing originated from her own devastating accident that left her disabled and living in excruciating pain despite being on multiple medications, including morphine. And she's going to tell more of that story in the interview. When doctors told her that there was nothing they could do, she became determined to find a solution. And after years of trial and error, she healed herself. And she uses the discoveries that she made to help others get radical life-changing results. We talk about a free event that she's hosting on August 25th. And if you're listening to this after August 25th, don't worry, you can still get the recording. The event is a video event, reprogram your subconscious mind for positivity, healing, and successful manifestation. And you can register for that at christinehatzer.com slash reprogram. Before we dive in, I want to check in with you. Have you gotten your Organifi products? Remember, when you go to Organifi.com slash over it, you get 20% off all Organifi products. So I know that so many of you right now, you want to keep your immune system up, you want to stay healthy, and you don't want to put like a lot of work and energy into it, right? Because sometimes just life is enough and thinking, oh my gosh, how do I make my green juice or what do I put in my smoothie or how do I stay healthy with life on the go? Well, that's why Organifi is so great. It's a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar. They have an immunity pack, their green juice, their red juice. I really love their turmeric gold, which makes an awesome turmeric latte, iced or cold. You can do it however you want. And I know I can really count on the ingredients and I'm getting good quality nutrition in an easy way that really tastes amazing too. So get your Organifi products. It's not a one-time thing. And every time you go and order from Organifi.com slash over it, you get 20% off. So again, Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash over it. And now on to my conversation with Brandy Gilmore. Brandy, welcome to the show. I am just so happy you're here. Christine, it is so wonderful to be here. <laughs> I was thinking about how long I know, I've know i known you. I think it was 2014 is when we met, maybe 2013. It's It's been a while that I've known you. And from the moment I met you, you have blown me away with your love, your commitment to helping people live better lives, your sense of humor, your amazing driving skills, so many things about you have blown me away. <laughs> We've taken many, many rides in Brandy's convertible. When she needed to shift my energy, she's like, get in the car. We're going for a drive. <laughs> so, oh my God. When I think, 
we even went from like, didn't we take like a yeah. road trip some from San Francisco? Yeah. Remember we went to that event with the singing. Do you remember the singing? You and oh, I had to back out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we'll, we'll get to the point here. Sorry, audience. Brandy and I are having a, a walk down memory lane here. Um, but point is she, she's been a friend and a teacher of mine for many, many years. And I really love her work and what she stands for. And we're going to get to all that in a moment, but I want to begin Brandy because you have such an incredible story of healing yourself that just blows people away. So can we start there? Will you tell the story of how you went from basically being in a wheelchair to being one of the most energetic mobile people I know? Absolutely. You know, I have to say it is literally the last place that I ever thought that I would be even injured and also healing myself. And, uh, Prior to my injury, I was actually working in network engineering and operations. So I was just very analytically minded. And as far as self-help and healing and all of that, it just was not on my radar at all. And then I had an accident and technically two, I had a car accident and then a fall accident. And I fell just wrong or just right, however you want to say it. But my entire life changed. I mean, I literally went from living a full life and you know, working and traveling and on all these things to being wheelchair walker, cane and in Mm. bed, you know, it was like on a good day, I could get around using either the wheelchair or walker very short distances with a cane. And a lot of times I was in bed just in so much pain. I didn't even want to move or breathe. And, And I was on morphine for almost seven years, about six and a half years. And I was just, I was a mess. And it Mm. literally changed my entire life. Mm. Mm. That would, that would change anybody's life. I mean, being, going from being a young woman with a career, moving around all of a sudden to being bedridden and having such high levels of pain that you're on morphine every day. I mean, what flipped it? How did you go from dripping morphine to walking? Basically my doctor said that there's nothing that they could do for me. And, you know, I kind of pulled a Karen, if you will, was like, can I speak with your manager? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, who's your supervisor? I don't like what you're telling me. I've done that many times. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But in this case, it was like, let me speak with a head doctor. Let me work with teams of doctors. And so that's what I ultimately ended up doing was working with teams of doctors. And they kept saying there's nothing they could do. And so I started trying like alternative medicine and supplements and diet and and everything I could find and still nothing was working. And finally, I got to this place where, you know, I was just hoping that they would have some type of new procedure or surgery or something like that. And finally, I got invited to this brand new procedure to be part of the study. And I thought, oh my God, this is it. I'm going to get my life back. And Mm. it was just one of those moments. It was like the most amazing feeling in the world. And Basically, they wheeled me in in my wheelchair for the study, and I'm like just feeling like I'm going to get my life back. And so I'm laying there in the hospital bed thinking about all of the things that I'm going to do and the people I'm going to go see and just going, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. And the doctor, uh, basically, he comes in and he looks at me and he says, you know, Miss Gilmore, I've, I've re-reviewed your chart, and uh, you're not really going to get better from this, Oof. and uh, you can't be a part of the study. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was a mess. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was a mess. I uh I don't remember leaving the hospital that day. I don't remember that what happened the next few days. But the next memory I have, I was laying there back in my same bed in extreme pain 
and I didn't even want to live. I was just like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. I can't live like this. Mm -hmm. And I had like this, this voice or thought came into my mind that was like, well, Brandy, what about the placebo? And in that moment, I was like, well, wait a second. I can't give up. You know, leading up to the study, I had kept thinking to myself, you know, please don't get the placebo. I want the real treatment. But the fact of the matter is, is that a certain a percentage of people can see results just from the placebo. And I kind of started looking at it and going, wait a second. If we know that our minds somehow have this ability to influence the physical body, how can I tap into that to mm. be able to heal myself? And that changed everything. <laughs> mm, mm. Okay. But how? This is the juicy part. Like, how did you do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I got lost for a while. But yeah. I started doing like, uh, you know, meditating and visualizing and sending energy and Reiki. I mean, I like went into everything and it wasn't working. And so I started going, okay, well, how does the mind influence the physical body anyway? And where can I see that? And, and I started finding all these anomalies that just didn't make sense in our current medical model, like um, the fact that more than 80% of amputees still experience pain. Or mm. even the one that really blew my mind and was like, wait a second, was the awareness that people with multiple personality disorder can have different ailments when they're in different personalities. Wow. Yeah. You know, they can be, it's crazy. I mean, they can be blind in one personality and not in another or asthma or allergies, just all kinds of things. And so that's what ultimately led me to looking at the mind and then understanding the neuroscience and, and basically looking at how to get the mind to heal. Mm. So that's how you did it. You basically took away your pain, healed your body using your mind. Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> it makes it sound so simple. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's the last thing. This is it, it. Honestly, it does all sound simple when you stop and think about it, because that's what I started looking at. I started looking at, you know, because I've been in an accident, but I started looking at and going, well, how can I see that the mind affects the physical body? And I started looking at emotions mm. and I was like, yeah, we know emotions affect the body. If somebody's embarrassed, their face turns red. And I thought, and, you know, anxiety, racing heart, shortness of breath. And I was like, you know, we know that that happens. And I was like, but really, how much do emotions really affect the body? And that's when I started looking at things like scared to death or mm. the widowhood effect or failure mm. to thrive and going, wait a second, if emotions can affect our body to the point of death, why aren't we even addressing them? And, and could this be something? And, mm. and that's what ultimately led basically long story short, it, you know, I had this trepidation of like, of, wait a second, I had an accident. So I kept thinking, you know, I had an accident. I had an injury. It couldn't possibly be my emotions. But because I had no other choice for anything, I went down the rabbit hole and I started just looking at my mindset and looking at what it could possibly be in my subconscious mind. Because I didn't feel depressed prior to my injury, but I was, you know, with an open mind, I just kept mm. down the rabbit hole. And ultimately, that's what I found is that when I really looked at what was going on in on in my subconscious mind and addressing that, that's when everything shifted. And how did you get to, because I think a lot of people understand conceptually what the subconscious mind is, but aren't really sure how to access it. So how did you get to the subconscious mind and like really get to what the beliefs were and the corresponding emotions that were running that, would you say, caused the accident, caused the injury, led you to where you were? Yeah, I would say everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And 
the truth of it is, is that at, at this point where I was injured, I was in, I, I was not in a good spot. I was a train wreck. I was, mm-hmm. uh, it was literally the hardest place uh, of my life. And part of the thing I also started looking at was I just have to lift myself because my thoughts were scaring me. Like mm-hmm. I was in this place where I, I, my mind just wanted to exit life. So, you know, like I, even as laying in bed, I was in extreme pain. I mean, the, the garbage truck would drive by and I would think, I wonder if I could wheel my wheelchair in front of it mm-hmm. and exit life. You know, it was, yeah. it was not a good thing. Like my brain was on autopilot on how to leave life. And, uh, it was like trying to give me an exit strategy. And, uh, and so part of what I was doing is I just started lifting myself. And so I started bringing in positive emotions and really starting to genuinely lift my emotions. I thought I just have to, like, I, I have to get my head above water. Mm. And so I started really doing that. And the more I did that, the more I also could see the negative things that like the heaviness. And I just got to Mm. a place where I wouldn't allow myself to go into the negative anymore. I just, I just kept saying, you know what, I, I, um, I've got to change this. I've really got to write a new story. I've really got to be willing to change. And so that was one of the things. And then I started, you know, I would say that just the more I was willing to change, the more I could see of my mindset. And ultimately what I ended up finding is that some of the events from September 11th ended up being the trigger for me that then led to everything. And all these basically long story short is, is I had a deep expectation that I was going to die. And right. And my conscious mind thought it was ridiculous. It's kind of like one of those thoughts that comes up. That's like, Hey, you just have this vision, like, Oh, you're going to die or this bad is going to happen. And my, 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 I had an expectation that I was going to die, but then my conscious mind was like, Oh, that's ridiculous. And so a lot of times what can happen is the thoughts that come up from our subconscious mind, we can think consciously that they're ridiculous. And so we can easily just try to negate them, but that doesn't delete them from the subconscious. And that's what Mm. was going on for me. Mm. That's a huge thing. We can negate them, but we can't, we aren't deleting them through negating them. So do we, because I know now you work with people to really shift, shift their energy, shift their health, shift their life by helping identify what the subconscious beliefs are and teaching people how to shift their energy a lot, not just with their mind, but with their emotions into really what they want and out of those limiting subconscious beliefs that are there. So is it that we eventually delete them or we just move into an energy and an emotion that surpasses them or or trumps them? How How does it work in terms of really being able to shift them? Really, you definitely want to delete them because if you don't, you can always end up back in them. And that's even where you'll see people who go through a major illness and then they're clean for a couple of years and then they end up going back in there, like the, the illness comes back or um, even people maybe who were smoking and then they stop smoking, but then they go back to it. Mm. So really also with health is when you make a change, it has to be genuine. It has to be a real authentic change. Mm. Like you can't trick God, universe, divine body, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. You can't trick it. So it's like um, you can't say, oh, yes, I've changed. This has to be a real genuine change. And the way to kind of think about it is that, you know, if you think about your mind kind of um, being like an open field of grass 
and that there are certain paths that are through the grass. So you can think about your neural pathways as being like certain paths your mind takes. And ultimately, to create a real change, you need to create new programming in your mind. So like a new path, and you'll ultimately need to delete the old one so you don't go into it anymore. Because with emotions, we can all too often, we can have mixed emotions where somebody can feel crazy in love with somebody and also very resentful of with them at the same time or mad at them at the same time. Mm -hmm. And even though they still love them. And so it's like, just because you feel one emotion doesn't mean you don't feel another emotion. And so the way to do it is to definitely bring in a new positive emotion first and then also release the negative. But you know, all too often I see people, they're trying to work with the mind and they go to the youngest childhoods, like they try to work just with their childhood self first. And they feel stuck there for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, I see it all of the time. And part of the thing is they're going the wrong direction. So they can't really make that change also. So there's, there's ways to working with the mind that help the transformation come all of the way. And that, and so, but ultimately to answer your question, creating those new neural pathways and then definitely letting go of the old. And when you really let go of it, it's amazing because it's actually gone. It's Mm. not there. Mm. And that's where you get for healing. How do you let go of it? Like, how do you actually delete it? There's steps to it, but I would say first and foremost, you have to stop feeding it. And for a lot of people, they're still feeding their pattern. So that's one thing. Um, So an example may be like you on some level, maybe have a belief that like you, you, your conscious self knows you're deserving of love and knows you're a great catch and everything, but there's a subconscious belief that people leave you, right? That love isn't safe and people leave you. So you sort of keep attracting those relationships or those situations into your life because you haven't really cleared the subconscious belief. Is that a, a good example? Yes, that's a good example. Um, And another example that might add even more clarity would also be something like this. Let's say that there is a woman who um, her partner, her husband guy, whatever, cheated on her and was mean to her and all those things. And she feels like she's never going to have anybody better. So now she's, he he left and she's never going to have anybody better Mm. and she's never going to be loved and she's never going to have a new relationship. Now, if you said to her, Hey, let all that negativity go, that's going to be hard to do. And then as far as the feeding part of it, is it chances are she's going to be periodically going, yeah, well that so-and-so he did this and he did that Uh, and blah, blah, blah. So now she's still feeding it. And if you contrast it, yeah, if, if you contrast it and you say, okay, imagine there's this woman who he did do all those things. He cheated and was blah, blah, blah. And it was this, he was rude and disrespectful and all of these things. But she says, you know what? I know my soulmate is right around the corner. I can feel it. I know the more perfect person is there for me. I know that I can like, I feel it. I fully expect it. And what I need to do is just let go of this old negativity. Mm. Now she can let it go. And the difference is, is that if you really fully have that new positive expectation, that is what will enable you to, the first step to really enable you to genuinely start to let something go. Because if not, if you're in that place where you don't really have that new positive trajectory and expectation, then 
it, it's really not typically going to be genuine to be able to let that go. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you have to feel it. You can't just think, oh, I've got this perfect person around the corner. You have to feel all the emotions that go with it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's what a lot of us aren't so good at with mindset. Like we can think more positively, but we aren't great at generating the positive emotions that go with it. You know, I, I remember being at Dr. Joe Dispenza's retreat the first time and we had like our, our sharing groups after. And that was something I heard from a lot of people is they could think about love or they could think about gratitude, but they had trouble like generating the emotion in their body. Is that something you hear from people sometimes that they can, they can think it with the mindset, they can think the positive stuff, but the generating of the emotion is a little bit harder. And, and for those of us where it's a little harder to generate the emotion, like any tips you have to really step into the feeling of it. So we're not just thinking it. Absolutely. That's what I specialize in. <laughs> That's how people get results. There's multiple reasons that happens. And um, as far as the, the most simple thing, one thing that I did in going through my injury is I call it now mind programming with music. And that's what I'll have people do is, is ultimately think, uh, find a song that matches how you want to feel. So mm. for example, for me, when I was an absolute mess, I started listening to you too. It's a beautiful day. Oh, great. Now song. I did not right? great <laughs> song. And I did not feel though that it was a beautiful day. I felt yeah. like my whole life was falling apart. Yeah. And yet I started listening to that song and started really bringing in the feeling. Or another one is, um, another one I started listening to was Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine. And it's going to feel good. I right? love and that song. We actually just watched <laughs> The Secret to My Success the other night because we heard that song on the radio and we wanted to watch the movie that it was in. <laughs> oh my God. It's a great one. <laughs> I love that. Right. That, mm -hmm. that was, that was my song. And, and who listens to walking on sunshine while you're sitting there, you know, laying there in extreme pain on morphine and every move hurts like nobody, <laughs> except for that's what I started doing was really bringing those in. Cause you know, mm. the reality of it is, is I started looking at meditating and everybody's doing this meditating and, and it really, it's, it's bringing in a calm and a calm and a calm and and I started looking at it and going, wait a second, why am I programming in all of this tranquility? Is that how I want to live my life, that it's just all tranquil? That's not what I want either. And if patterns breed more of the same, I'm going to have a really boring, tranquil life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're like, there's no beat to my life. There's no rhythm. It's just, it's like spa music all the time. That's boring. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love going to the spa. Yeah, me too. And, and you don't want to live there. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to, I, I want to like be excited and have fun and be in love and enjoy and be, ex, you know, just euphoric and happy and elevated, just all of these feelings. And so it was like, well, wait a second. I don't just want to do meditation all the time. And, and uh, that didn't work for me anyway. And so, but either way, that that's what I started doing was starting to do that as well. Not only that, but there are key reasons in the mind that can actually keep you from accessing different emotions. Mm. And, and I see that all the time too. And so it's really ultimately, it's about an order, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, just there, there's an order to it. And the more 
that you can make sure to bring in the positive first, the easier everything is. Yeah. I remember you gave me a great tip in terms of, cause I was working on shifting something and I said, you know, I'm noticing it and I'm shifting it. And you're like, great. And <laughs> be more <laughs> proactive, like generate the feeling first versus like having the, the negative thought or negative feelings come and then trying to shift out of them with the positive, actually like create the more, you know, the feelings that you want to experience in the way you want to go. And honestly, like, I mean, maybe this comes naturally for you at this point, but it does take work. I think we all get very comfortable in our patterns and in our conditioned feelings and our habitual feelings. And we want great things in our life, be it health or wealth or a relationship or family or career or whatever it is. But when it comes to really shifting our energy, so much resistance can come up. Why do you think that is? The resistance typically comes up for a few reasons, but primarily because it's more so that somebody's wanting the opposite. So in other words, like for instance, if somebody's mad, they want to be, and mm -hmm. they want to hold on to that. And what happens is they don't really then want to let it go. So it's everything that the brain does, it wants to do. And so it's not like hurt is a default. It's a desired response, if that makes sense. So in other words, you know, somebody who gets really, really angry. A lot of times when they do get angry, they feel like it means that they're going to get their way. That if they get really upset, somebody's going to give them their way. Or mm. they feel like they have to get upset to protect themselves. So now being upset is either gaining them some type of, of reward in some way of something that they're wanting. So it's used for that. Or they feel like it's protecting them from something. And so they don't want to give that up just because somebody said they should. And so that's what, where the resistance comes from. Does that make sense? Gotcha. So I don't know if this is the right word, but there's, there's a payoff in whatever we're experiencing. And so even though we say we may not want to be angry, there's a part of us that like, doesn't want to give up the reward. Absolutely. And it can be extremely counterintuitive. And the best unfortunate example for that is if you think about a cutter, you know, somebody who unfortunately has been through some type of trauma and they cut themselves. Mm. And when they're cutting themselves, they can experience a feeling of euphoria or even safety from cutting themselves, even though consciously they know it doesn't make sense. It's how they feel. And so what happens is then it can make them feel a sense of relief. And so somebody who even has an anger pattern could get really angry and consciously they could know that it's sabotaging their life and it's messing up their relationships. But at a deeper level in the subconscious mind, it can feel like it's protecting them, in which case their body's going to keep going there over and over again until that is unwired, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. So let's, I really want to like land this for people so they can think about things in their own life. So let's say that, you know, I'm sure most of the listeners can relate to you're trying to move something forward in your life. It can be an external goal, or maybe you're really trying to shift your anxiety or depression or, or eating habits or whatever it is. Just everybody think of something right now that is, that you're, you want to move forward, but you, you just can't. So 
Brandy, where would people start? Like if they identify something in their life that they're doing everything that they know of to create a change, they're doing everything they know of to make more money or to lose the weight or whatever, and it's just not working. Where do they look for a shift? Well, money is going to be very different than an eating disorder typically. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are two different things. Um, like, okay. So if we were going to go towards money. Okay. Then ultimately what we would look at is we'd look at kind of like the gas pedal and the brake pedal. So what happens is, you know, the feeling of wanting more money is like gas pedal energy. It's like wanting to go forward and move towards the money. But a lot of times people will have blocks of that are counterintuitive, such as, oh my God, but if I have a lot of money, what if everybody judges me? Or if I have a lot of money, then I'm going to have to pay taxes on it, or I don't deserve it, or a lot of different feelings that are contradictory to having more money. And so what happens is it's like getting in the car and putting one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake and wondering why it's not going anywhere. Mm. And so that's what a lot of people are experiencing. And a lot of people, or another thing I'll see all the time is that people um, will have this feeling of feeling like, oh, well, as soon as I get money, I'm going to give some away. And it's like that becomes their validation for having more money. And what they're really saying is, I don't feel like I deserve it, or I feel like it's better to just give money away. So it's like they're trying to justify having mm -hmm. money because they're going to give it away. And that doesn't equate to actually having the money. So they never fully have it, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. So mm -hmm. when it comes to money, there's typically a lot of different patterns, but that's what you want to look at is increasing gas pedal energy and then looking at those specific blocks. Now, when it comes to something like an eating disorder, uh, that can be different. And even each eating disorder is different. So mm -hmm. exam for example, a lot of times if I work with somebody who has, uh, you know, like uh, overeating, a lot of times there is a feeling of feeling a deep sense of un of not loved. Um, there can mm -hmm. be that or even like a, um, a deep insecurity or fear of people that goes on. Um, so there's that and or a feeling of feeling like they're never fully going to be loved. So there's different versions of it. And it really depends on where the body is holding on to the weight. And kind of what's fascinating is this is that even when it comes to healing, every part of the body um, has a different, um, a different. Every every emotion connects with a different part of the body. So, kind of simplifying it, you know, if somebody's embarrassed, their face turns red. Somebody has anxiety, racing heart, shortness of breath. If somebody has sexual thought, that of course is sexual, physical arousal. And so you can see that different emotions affect the body in different ways. And so if somebody, if I'm working with somebody who has neck pain, um, that's different than back pain, which is different than mm. knee pain. And so every part of the body is connected to a different emotion. And ultimately it depends on the type of eating disorder. Like bulimia is a lot different than such something like overeating. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I know it's hard to give like a blanket answer. I'm just wanting <laughs> to give people like, and good thing is you have a free video event coming up where people can dive much deeper and learn more specific stuff. Um, but I, I, I know my audience and they're going, but, but how, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I figure out what my block is? Like where, so I would say this, I would say that, you know, a few things. So 
just like I mentioned that I was, I had thoughts that came up and I was negating them as being unimportant. I would say really noticing what those thoughts are and, and, and looking at what is the emotion that drives that. Because sometimes people will have fearful thoughts going on and it's like, okay, well, instead of trying to like get rid of the fear or meditate away from the fear or just put in a new positive thought, yes, you want to have a new positive vision, but then what you want to do is then address that specific emotion itself. And that's what I would say is, you know, is that yes, put something new and positive in that's going to be key. Yes, I would definitely add in a song. And this is the thing is that the reason I use music to to help bring in positive emotions is because, you know, these are chart topping songs. And the reason for that is because they make people feel something. Yeah. And so if you pick something that is on the top charts, the only reason it's ever there is because people feel it, they vibe with it, something. And so that's the reason. So that that's something I would definitely do. And then I would look at what is the negative and I wouldn't just try to escape it with some type of meditation because it doesn't transform it. And the best way to think about it is like this, is that a lot of people when they're working with their mind, they're just trying to silence the mind. And if you think about, you know, like, let's say you're walking into your house and let's say you're walking into your, you go to walk into a house and there's a bunch of speakers playing and some of the radio stations, some of the speakers are playing like positive music and some of them are playing a lot of negative music that you really, really don't like. And so you walk in and there's all of this different music playing and it's all chaotic and all of that. And so in your house, you just try to relax <laughs> and try not to hear it and just try to just silence and calm yourself amongst the chaos. Now, that's what a lot of people are trying to do in their head and even in life is they're just trying to find that inner peace amongst the chaos. But imagine instead if you specifically looked at what negative radio stations are playing and you either shut them off or you go change them to a positive station. Now what happens when you walk into that house, so to speak, is everything feels happy and you just want to dance. Like life is amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what you want to do. And so if you look at it and you simplify and you say, okay, look, let me put in positive programming, positive vision. And even if we look at the analogy of um, driving in the car and, you know, the gas pedal, brake pedal, you, you want to think of a destination because you want your life to be the way that you want your life to be. So you do want to have a vision and you do want to get it in and you do want to feel it. And then you want to think about what is an emotion that can help you know, what is an emotion that's going to align with that? And then listen, you know, find a song that helps you align with that. And likely it's not going to be your favorite song that you're listening to right now. Mm. You know, Walking on Sunshine was definitely not the song <laughs> I was listening to while laying in bed. But it was like, okay, how do I start changing this? And so that specifically. And then Instead of using things to try to just escape and silence the mind like meditations or visualizations or, you know, that sort of thing, then I would literally specifically address the negative and, and transform it. So, so does that, is that a Yeah. So address the negative by looking at it, by being really aware of what it is, by understanding what potential benefits we're getting from the negative feeling and it sounds like you're saying just really see it, understand it, like look at it, 
be honest with yourself about it. Is is that really essentially the key? Yes, because I mean, there's there's more things you can do, absolutely. But this is the 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 part where I see a lot of people struggling all of the time, is that they've been trying to let the same pattern go for 10, 20, 30, 50, right. 70 years. And what they don't realize is like they're pushing and they're struggling, trying to let it go, trying to let it go. And what they don't realize is it's like one hand pushing it away and the other hand is holding on to it. Mm. And the, that's the reason that it feels like a struggle. And so if they start understanding what is the underlying benefit that they're receiving from it and addressing that specifically, then that's when they're really going to be willing to let go. Got it. That's the key part. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was a great explanation of the how I think that that one landed with everybody. So that's awesome. Thank you. Um, I want to talk about manifestation because I think that there's, it's a buzzword and people have their vision boards and they're like, Oh my God, I manifested X, Y, Z. How would you explain manifestation and what is the, mm, for lack of a better word, correct way to do it? Okay. Um, as far as manifesting goes, I would say that, you know, definitely getting in a vision of what it is that you're wanting and also the feeling towards it. And again, looking at what are the the blocks that are keeping you from it. Now, what happens is this is, you know, if we use the example of money again, um, all of the time, you know, you might hear people talk about multiple streams of revenue. People who are making good money are like, yeah, I have this stream of revenue and that stream of revenue. And somebody that isn't necessarily doing financially well will feel like, okay, I just want one good stream of revenue or something. <laughs> or, you know, it's like they're, they're stuck there. And the way to think about it is like writer's block. And if you think about a writer who just feels blocked and they can't seem to think of what to write – what happens a lot of times with manifesting, depending upon where somebody is, is that it, they'll feel like they want to have love, but they feel like they're blocked, like they can't even just see it's not even possible or a relationship and they have, they, they don't see that that's possible or money or whatever it is. And so what I would say is, is a few things is that the more blocks you have towards something, the more impossible it feels. Mm-hmm. And Ultimately, what you'll want to do is instead of feeling like it's never going to happen or instead of just bringing in the vision and thinking, well, that's my vision, but it doesn't really seem possible. I would say that, you know, make sure to get that vision in and then also be sure to work on the blocks and and clear those. Now, the other thing that I see happen is that there's something that I call transmission energy and core energy. And if you bring something into your conscious mind, then ultimately it's, it's emitting like transmission energy, which basically it's, it's kind of like if you've thought of somebody and they call before mm-hmm. and what'll happen, people will start to bring in a vision and they start to see signs of it. Like, Oh, here's a sign here. Oh, here's a sign here. But they never fully get it into the subconscious mind to, um, fully, you know, where it's aligned. And so what happens is they start to see signs and they go, Oh my God, there's this, Oh my God, there's this. And then after a while, it just kind of fades out and then they get another new vision and then it fades out and then nothing ever really manifests. And the reason for that is because once you do have that thing that you're wanting to manifest and you start getting that vision in, that's not the end. That's the beginning. Like you, that's, 
defining what it is that you want, that's the beginning and starting to get those thoughts in and starting to bring that energy in. But then you will really understand shifting your energy and, and shifting the blocks at a deeper level to transform uh, to transform it, you know, to ultimately right. fully align. And when you do, that's when it gets in your core energy. And kind of a, a unfortunate example of manifesting is if you've ever heard before of a, you know, maybe a, a bit of a stereotype, but a woman who has an abusive father and she leaves him and gets away from him and finds then the abusive boyfriend, boss, spouse, right. partner, you know, that pattern continues, unfortunately. And that's not for everybody. It really depends on how it goes in their mind. But point being is it's not like this woman is saying, oh, I hope to manifest some guy who's abusive. No, she's saying the opposite. She's saying, I want this guy to just love me and nurture. And that's what she wants consciously. But she didn't change what's in her in her subconscious mind. And so what we can look at this example and we can see is a few things. First and foremost, that what's in your subconscious mind is going to manifest and that it's not hard for it to manifest when it's in your subconscious mind. It it actually shows up in your life. And of course, it doesn't mean that that guy is suddenly in her living room either. I mean, she finds him and she's out at the grocery store or she's at wherever or, you know, meets him through a friend. So sometimes people think, okay, well, I'm not manifesting it. It should show up on my doorstep. And so what ultimately happens is that once you're aligned, then there's still, you know, there can be action to take where it's like, oh, you go here and you happen to meet this person. Mm. And and so mm. the key thing is is definitely aligning. But from that place, you have ideas and actions like somebody might suddenly go, you know what, I should sign up for online dating or something like that. And they do at the exact same time as somebody <laughs> else does and their partner, you know, and so. Yeah. It shows up in a variety of different ways. I love this. This is so helpful because I think a lot of people get frustrated with manifestation because they're missing so many of these elements. They're missing the feeling. They're missing looking at the blocks. And, you know, I, I know you and I know your work and I know you get like right to the core and I've seen things immediately shift in my life that I've been trying to shift for, as you said, decades. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> once we got to that subconscious block, looked at it, looked at the payoff and then moved into shifting my energy it was such a huge, it was like, wow, that was easier than I thought. And it felt more aligned. It felt really real. It didn't feel like I was trying so hard to make something happen. It just felt like I finally put the right key into the right hole. Like my energy was finally lined up for what I actually wanted, which is just such an amazing feeling. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so good. Yes. So I know you have, I know people are going to have a lot of questions. They're going to want more from you. They want to learn more from you. You have a free event coming up called reprogram your subconscious mind for positivity, healing, and successful manifestation. That's coming up October 25th. Do you want to tell people a little bit about that? Yes, but it's actually August 25th, not oh October gosh. 25th. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, my brain is not working full function today. August 25th, everybody. So yeah, you don't have to wait till October. So that's one key detail. It's in August, not October. What else? Manifest sooner. That instant manifestation. Wow, I just sooner. made an event happen two months earlier. That's so cool. <laughs> amazing. I always knew you were amazing, Christine. Oh, and just that is just thanks. clearly. Thanks. Superpowers. <laughs> I adore you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're fun. Um, so yes, it is October 20, October. <laughs> See, it's contagious. <laughs> it's contagious. 
August 25th. I'm curious what we're going to be doing October 25th. We'll have to check in and see what's happening that date. But on August 25th, you're teaching this event. Yes. On August 25th, I'm teaching this event. And basically what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking even more about how the mind affects the physical body and getting more kind of into like the technical stuff of it all. Uh, So a deeper explanation there and healing and, and kind of like a little bit more kind of geeking out a little bit on more of the analytical part. And then we're also going to be doing um, some release techniques to just work with the mind to actually start shifting stress a bit or negative mm. emotions even more. So we'll be doing like a group exercise and, and different things like that to just take it even further and to help start to create cool. those shifts. Well, nobody has stress or negative thoughts. So I don't know who's <laughs> going to sign up. Uh, <laughs> so everybody, you can go to christinehassler.com slash reprogram, and I'll put the link in the show notes as well. And Brandy, now if, if people are listening to this after August 25th, will there be a recording that they can access just by signing up through the same link? There is a recording. Great. There is absolutely a recording. Great. Yes. Great, great, great. So if you miss a live event, you can go there. Um, you also have a podcast that people can go check out. I do. I love my podcast. I do. And uh, my podcast is Heal Yourself, Change Your Life. And on my podcast, that's exactly what I do is I will take people who are experiencing pain or ailments or different things like that and show them how to use their mind to shift the pain and and release it on the spot. So they're pain free. And so um, it's just fun. Great. It's just fun. If you guys, you know, if you're, if your mind's like, ah, I want more, I'm confused. I don't know how to do this. Go listen to Brandy's podcast, listen to her work with people, and you're going to learn so much from that. From that, And where else can people connect with you, Brandy, if they want to, you know, do the website and Instagram and all the things? Where can people go? Absolutely. Um, my website is brandygilmore.com, and I am definitely on Instagram. All the links are there at brandygilmore, or brandygilmore also. So, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for joining us and everybody go make sure you sign up for Brandy's free event, christinehasler.com slash reprogram. Um, before we close up here, anything Brandy, you know, coming through that you want to leave the audience with that's important for them to know or remember. The biggest thing is, is that you really can get radical, rapid results. And just like Christine was saying, you know, it was like when she found that specific thing, it was like the key in the hole where it it really made the difference. And I know in going through my injury, I know that I had been trying everything for years and years and years, and it just wasn't working. And I was at this point where I was frustrated and and I was waiting on the universe. And I I really felt like, okay, well, I'm doing everything right. I must be because I'm meditating and I'm doing this and affirmations and all of these things. And I must be doing everything right. And I'm just waiting on the universe. And if you find a voice in your mind that says you're waiting on the universe, that you've got it, you're just waiting for those results you want to dial it in even more because I, I get to see the most radical changes mm. in people all the time in every area. And just the, the thought I want to leave you with is exactly that is that we are incredible beings more amazing than we realize. And, um, and that includes you. Mm, mm. Thank you so much. Thank you for the impact you've had on my life. Thank you for the impact you've had on so many other people's lives. Thank you just for who you are and what you teach. I know you really walk the talk and embody this work and are so passionate about it. So I'm excited about your event and excited for people to connect with you. Thank you so much. 
You are so sweet. And Christina, I have to say, I just freaking love and adore you. And I love that you're part of my life. You're just, you're mm. so sweet and you're amazing. And, uh, and thank you for having mm. me. Likewise. <laughs> 